guys. Welcome to the Keeping It 99 podcast. This should be episode seven. Uh, we're blessed to have uh, Father Nathaniel with us today. Uh, he's a priest at St. Mark American Catholic Orthodox Church. So thank you, Bruno, for uh, coming on this. With us. I'm happy to be on Keeping It 99. It's my pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we'll just we'll just get right into. It. We're gonna open up with a question. Um, so you're a priest, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> keep saying obviously. So I, I, I do keep. But what is your favorite memory, um, like, throughout your priesthood? Like, what's what's your favorite memory so far? Man, to put me on the spot like that, I don't have, I really think through it. I guess my favorite memory, uh, I guess the word, I guess my favorite memory, I would say, is uh, being at the monastery, my, my, my 40 days, trying to figure out, trying to absorb everything, including my name, trying to understand how the, the rites and rituals of the richness of our church and trying to take it all in. Because the easier you take it in, the more than you can actually pray it. Because in the beginning, it's all logistics. Like, how do I do this? Do I need to do this? Or should I pray this on audibly? And so forth and so on. I guess one of the biggest things is my entire life, whenever you see a priest come to you with a censor, your natural reflex, and the same for you gentlemen, is that you take the censor away from the priest, right? To hang it up or whatever. So that's been embedded in my muscle memory. The priest comes to me, I take it. But instead, I should, like, as a priest, I need to be greeting another priest that comes to me with the censor. So I didn't when I was still learning, and I actually took the censor from him, and he was trying to greet me with the censor or pass me the censor. So it was this very super awkward moment, but thank God there's no streaming or nothing that was able to capture that footage. So it will just live in my memory and that monk's memory. So that, I would say, is my favorite memory because it was a humbling moment, and, like, like it hit me. It's like, wait, I'm not a deacon anymore. What monastery were you, like, uh, I guess, trained at? The one and only St. Mary and St. Moses Coptic Abbey in Corpus Christi, Texas. <laughs> the you, best you monastery. Yes, I did. We had a blast. Uh, I did not feel the same. I, I, was, I, I was with you guys for several days. For, and it was a great, great trip the entire week, but then it was very lonely going back by myself. But we had a blast all together, so it was great. Um, yeah, so that, that's, a, that's, that's a cool memory. Like, I feel like, um, like for a lot of priests, like the transition, I feel like it's like probably like the hardest thing. And, um, like all, most of the, pri- all the priests in Atlanta, like before they became priests, um, they were like really like big deacons, like really like, um, like knew the hymnology well. Um, you actually started, uh, Coptic hymns in English. Um, I would not say start. I mean, I just had a great mentor that I was already doing the ministry of Coptic hymns in English and he kind of took me under his wing and uh, taught me everything, and it and like I was blessed to be able to continue to serve on it. And thank God now there's like a huge team of people that that do it. And I'm I, I get updates like everyone else is seeing what's coming new on Coptic Hymns in English, so they're they're on top of it. But uh, yeah, I, I love serving on the ministry of Coptic Hymns in English. So like, how was like the um, like how did you come about like the framework of like actually like putting it together and actually like creating you know this you know big thing because it's a big thing now. Like, I remember we went to the monastery. A lot of monks came up to you and were like, thank you for, like, all you've done for the Coptic Church with, like, all the hymns in English and all that. So it's, like, it's a very big thing. A lot of people know about it, obviously. So, like, how, like, how did you really, like, put together that framework? This episode has been sponsored by CopticHymnsInEnglish.com. <laughs> you can download the app in the Apple Store or for Android as well. So I just wanted to shoot that in there. Um... Like I said, like I, I was just being mentored by my high, my high school servant who, who had a huge influence on my life. 
Um, and he, he already had it. Like, this this was running back in the 90s, believe it or not. Uh, Coptic hymns in English at, at that point. And he just inspired me and kind of took me under his wing and taught me a lot. The technical aspects of recording and also just how to convert the beauty and richness of our ancient hymnology into a native tongue. So he just taught me a lot of that. Um, and that kind of inspired me. And then from there, just... Honestly, it was my outlet in college and in graduate school was just being like, I know it sounds super, super nerdy and people make fun of me, but like my outlet was to kind of just record hymns. Like I loved every aspect of that, the technicality of it and things like that. So I'm a techie guy. I like tech. So it was like tech and like recording. So I love audio quality. I love our hymns. So it was like match made in heaven. I enjoyed it a lot. And, you know, God blessed the ministry a lot. But then uh, like for any ministry, for it to thrive, you need to pass it on for people to have new, fresh ideas and see how they can take it further. So um, that's that's where we're at now with it. Um, what what made you like want to become a priest? Were you like, did you go there to become a priest, or were you chosen? Like, how does it work becoming a priest? Uh, so you go to Indeed.com, and then you fill an application. So, <laughs> uh, I I mean. It's it's a natural progression, like, and I don't even want to use the word progression. Like, we're all coming with our brokenness, trying to find the remedy to life in Christ, and we're all coming and being embedded into His church and growing. So yes, I was embedded socially, spiritually, and and had an impact on my life. Um, and then as I continue to grow, and then as the bishop asked me, "Are you interested in serving?" in a higher capacity or in a more full-time capacity as priest. And I said, my, my response is my life is not my own. Like it, it wasn't like this, like, um, was, was it a, a lot for us to think and pray about my wife and I? Yeah. But it wasn't like, um, this tremendous thing because our life was already embedded into the church. All I kept on thinking about, and I know when Elisha says the same thing when we talk about it, it's like, sweet, I can just have more time to do the stuff I love and spend time with more God. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Like, so it was, it's the biggest blessing in the world of how God, who is perfection, able to work through our limitedness and our weakness and our insecurities and our voids and still be able to use us as vessels. So I have a role just as you guys have a role, um, but you know, it's, 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 it's a great blessing to be able to, to serve in this role, but you know, um, yeah, so that's about it. So a big part of uh, your priesthood now, because you are a priest at, uh, American, at an American Coptic Orthodox Church, a big part of it is like evangelizing. And I know we both went um, on a mission trip a few years back uh, to Zambia. Yeah. So I, I got times. a, yeah, I got a little taste of uh, like what really like the um, evangelical life is like, but obviously in America it's completely different because mm-hmm. you know, everyone's like just the way how, how society works is very different. And one of the biggest reasons for this podcast was to find an easy way to spread uh, Christianity to people like around us. And so, actually, not a, a few days ago um, at lunch, we had a very uh, interesting theological discussion. At school? At school. At my lunch table. My lunch table, uh, we have this, we talk about stuff like this all the time. Very so cool. It was, um, it, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's a very hard thing to do. It's so, like talking to people about your faith and to really like, because they come at you, they come at you. Yeah, yeah. And so, I would like, maybe like, what are like some tips you have for like Coptic youth and like, or just Christian youth in general, like how to spread your faith to other people. Know who you are. I mean, as cliche and broad as that is, like you have to ask why, 
why are you a follower of Jesus? Why do you make life decisions for your life rooted in the reality of who Jesus is? So it has to begin with why. Like if you don't know, like if somebody asks, why do you brush your teeth? Why, why, why do you do every day? That's so annoying. Like you can do anything else for those 60 seconds. I hope you do it for 60 seconds. But like I, you can do anything else in your life. Like why? Like you, you better have an answer, right? So if you don't know, then you're going to be like, yeah, you know what? That is a waste. I think I'm going to stop, you know? So it, you have to know the reason why for any aspect of life because you will be I don't want to say attack, but people will, will naturally question you, maybe some more aggressive than others, but you need to know the reason. So, and the reason are my words. I mean, St. Peter says the same thing. You, got, you have to know the reason that's within you of why you're a follower of Jesus. So um, begin with that, and then you're able to continue the conversation. The critical thing is to continue the conversation with other people. Like, it's not just giving the most perfect, you know, snippet of an answer that just, like, blows them away. It's not about that. It's just continue the conversation. Jesus did that. Jesus told tons of people, including Nathaniel, the disciple, come and see. So, you know, we should be doing the same. So we need to know the reason uh, of why we anchor ourselves in Jesus. And then that makes it easier to continue the conversation. Um, so uh, your new property, you got a new property for the church, right? Making a hard shift. I love it. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask, what was your, like, inspiration to start an all-American Orthodox church the inspiration is his grace bishop yusuf <laughs> that was the inspiration i mean the bishop uh his grace asked uh hey you know are you interested in serving for uh you know an american coptic church and i said my life's not my own and that was it so i mean he had this great vision years and years ago of of how we can still maintain the beauty and richness of our ancient faith being rooted in and coptic orthodoxy but maybe make it a little bit easier for those who might be interested and maybe did not grow up in the faith how can we still give them the the, the fullness of the church uh, making uh, so that that's that's what kind of sparked that um, but at the same time we all have a mission every orthodox church on planet earth has a mission to be a light but in different ways so and that's the beautiful thing every church has different gifts resources personalities that are able to attract different people to the fullness of the church history <laughs> um no but obviously um like the, the big like the biggest part of you know your church that you talk about all the time is you know welcome pe welcoming people as they are you know come as you are and i feel like um that's that's honestly like the one of the biggest parts of christianity is welcoming people and really showing them like the love of christ like even if they they themselves don't feel like they deserve it mm -hmm. And obviously that's like, you know, that's like a big issue with uh, like a lot of younger people like these days, um, like struggling with like, um, you know, thoughts like that. So like, what is like a piece of advice you have maybe for, for youth that like really like, just like don't see like, and I know it's like a tough question, but like, they like don't see like really like themselves as like worth it or something like that. That they have like low self-esteem or they don't yeah. even see their worth or value or purpose. <laughs> kind of begin with a series of questions. You know, if, if I feel like I don't have a purpose or I don't know what I'm good at, like, ask yourself, where did I come from? Am I just a collection of cells that are just put held together by skin? Like, who am I? Am I just a biological entity or am I something so much more? 
and then continue with that thought. Okay, if I am something so much more, where did I come from? Am I just a blob that came from the sky or if I just have evolved from a monkey to who I am now? So again, I need to take a step back. Is it just from a biological perspective or am I something so much more? So if I begin to realize I'm something so much more, then I'm able to see the complexity of who I am, the beauty of who I am, and I'm able to see my gifts, which are unique to me. And then if I realize and I see within me my gifts, which are unique to me, and I would encourage people if you're like, I don't even know what I'm going to ask those around you. Maybe it's hard for us to see it. Just like right now, if I have something stuck on my teeth, it's hard for me to see it. But you would point it out because you have a different perspective than me. So the same way, if I have certain gifts, maybe I can't see it, but then you're able to call me out and say, hey, you know what? Actually, Father Nate, I think you, you might be good at this and, and so forth and so on. So you'll be able to, to speak that truth to me in love and kind of help me develop certain gifts. So once I'm able to see that, then I know that those gifts didn't just come out of nowhere. I have been entrusted with those gifts from above. And then if I know it's from above, then who, like, who is God? Well, you know, the Christian worldview gives me clarity on who God is through God putting on skin, and his name is Jesus. So maybe I need to be more interested in who is this person, Jesus, and is he really the real deal? So again, I'm speaking from a non-Christian perspective as far as like that thought process is concerned. But that's how we get to... Um, the reality of Jesus and the fullness of Christianity. <laughs> Jeez, these answers are, uh, they're, they're kind of a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so used to like listening to you, right? So it's kind of, you know, trying to like think of my own thoughts and like try to respond. It's honestly, it's honestly really hard, but uh, you have a lot of very good points. Um, and I feel like, you know, one of the biggest parts of orthodoxy is the like richness of the church and really like the fullness, like you just said. Um, so that brings me to my next question. How would you spl- explain orthodoxy to, you know, average Joe? So the average Joe's I meet is very different than the average Joe's that you guys meet. Like you mentioned, like you, you're having a class, you know, a conversation with classmates in high school. You know, I, I, I don't get to meet like, you know, many high schoolers one-on-one who maybe don't have a, a Christian worldview or the orthodox Christian worldview and have this conversation. So I would love to hear from you guys. What is your response to like those people that you might meet at school and be like, and they'll be like, hey, like, why, why were you at church like all week of Holy Week? Or what's the thing you posted on Instagram about your church? What on earth is that? And like, why is your priest wearing a dress? And like, like what, <laughs> like my church, like we have like, you know, strobe lights and fog and it's like 10 times shorter. Like what, what's the whole deal with your church? How would you guys respond to that? What is that? Cut. So actually, I yeah, know I got that question a lot about why I missed the whole week of school to, to go to church. Um, especially after two weeks before that, we went to the monastery for a whole week for spring break. Yeah, I mean, for the, <laughs> for the average Joe, like you say, I mean, you're psychotic. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's just a lot of hours. But um, my response, honestly, because um, there's, it, the thing is, like, you know, every single question, I said this in a podcast before, but every single question has, like, a person behind asking the question. And so for me, before I try to, like, answer the question, I try to see, like, like what does this person really want to know? Are they just asking just, whatever or they like actually want to know like why are you spending so much time in church and so i feel like um sometimes i i just kind of give the answer like and so they're not like brush it off it's like yeah whatever like i just kind of like go but i've never actually like really like sat down and like try to explain it to someone because it is it is honestly um it is it is a pretty heavy subject and there's a there's so much to it um and i feel like again that's part of the reason why i do this podcast but um, if I had to sum up orthodoxy in a little like 
blurb. It'd basically just be like, like the, the the church, right? There's like two parts to it, like just like like as a human being, right? You have like the spiritual part, and you have like the physical part. And I feel like um, the Orthodox Church, because all our sacraments, you know, seven sacraments, both have a physical component and have a spiritual component. And so I feel like the difference between like the Orthodox Church and like other churches is that there is really like it really does like take your entire being into account you know all of your senses you know we we pray with all of our senses during church um and so i feel like just orthodoxy itself it's it's more of like a it's a whole lifestyle and it's a whole it's not just a you know every sunday morning just like can i go to church for a few hours whatever it really is a in and out you know you're always trying to get better you're always trying to be better you're always trying to be a better person you always trying to think about your spirituality and at the same time like fulfill yourself um like physically like through god you know through his body and blood and so i feel like orthodoxy is really just like just it's almost like a like a life it's like a i i want to say lifestyle but that just i feel like that just seems like really cliche but it really is like your entire life like if, if you don't put orth, if you're an orthodox christian and you don't put the church in the center of your life you're missing out on so much and so i feel like it really is a lifestyle and it really is just it's really like who you are so for me it's like my identity well said. Um, I guess for me, uh, someone just asks, asks, what's orthodoxy? I'm, I'm pretty straight up. I'm going to say it's a branch of Christianity, just like Protestant Catholic churches, or not like it, but it's like in their branch. So that would be my answer. I don't really have a complex answer because no one really asks me. But, um, yeah, that's it. Very good. But I feel like um, with, with a lot of uh, people our age, even people within our own church, there's a lot of questions about, like, you know, why we do certain things and, you know, not to get really, like, super detailed. But there's there's a lot of very, like, subtle things that we do that, like, we don't even notice. You know, like the sign of the cross. Like, there's a lot of branches of Christianity that don't do the sign of the cross. You know, there's branches of Christianity that don't do uh, prostrations. And there's – so there's a lot of, like – not, not even just like the big theological differences or not even the big um, liturgical differences, but even like all the small stuff. And I feel like there's just such like a richness in it. <laughs> it's like, it's so hard to explain in such a short amount of time. But, and so that's why I feel like it's, for me, it's more of like explaining it to someone is more of like a conversation. Yeah. It's more of like a series of conversations. It's not just like a sit down, here's your answer type of thing. But yeah, totally. <laughs> but how would you, like, how would you answer that? If, if someone came up to you and was like, you're an Orthodox priest, like, what is Orthodoxy? Like, what is, like, a little overview of, like, the Orthodox Church? But like you perfectly said, Isaiah, like, it, it all depends on where that question's coming from, the motive. Like, some people are there just ready to fight, you know? Some people are just kind of, like, they see Matt Krogh and be like, hey, like, who are you? And I'm like, first of all, I'm Nathaniel, I'm a person. <laughs> and second of all, I'm a priest. Uh, and they're like, oh, you know, please, are you Jewish or what? I'm like, uh, pause, no, I'm Christian. But, um... I, I would say like they're like I'm, I would say I'm Orthodox. Like what is Orthodox? And like like you guys said, I would say it's what the church looked. My my five second answer. It's what the church looked like in the first in, in in the beginning. It's what the church looked like in the beginning. Period. It's what the church looked like in the first hundred years. I put maybe I'll put a number. Maybe I'll just say in the beginning. It's what the church was originally designed to be in the beginning. 
and then people, people might be offended be like what so like you're saying i'm not put no i'm just saying this is the fullness of the church I'm, I'm not i have the utmost respect for every other version of christianity this is just the original version some people might interpret it as being offensive but it, like you're saying it, car- it carries a conversation what do you mean the original version I'm saying we're just the continuity of what jesus gave the disciples the disciples gave to the disciples of the disciples what the disciples gave to the disciples of the disciples of the disciples of jesus and that that continuity is what i'm a part of and and that that just sparks conversation from there so that framework or i just kind of throw that out then it it continues in conversation like you said it might go into like why the tether cross why do you have to wear this and so forth and so on um then it just sparks more conversation but that gives the framework of saying this is the fullness so I think Munda has a question for you about. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is this is also for the viewers if they're like, or the listeners actually, if they want to know. Do you wear your garment every day? So for the viewers, I eat in this, I sleep in this, I shower in this, so I do everything in this. Next question. <laughs> I'm playing. So this is a reflection of consecration. So a uh, priesthood is one of the mysteries of the church. And Jesus made that super, super clear. He told the apostles, like, you are appointed. You have the, you have the authority, the ecclesiastical authority, the church authority, to forgive sin, to retain sin. So it's, the, it's not through the priest, but it's God using the hands of the priest. It's God using the, 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 the limitedness of the priest to do what is unlimited. So this is the like this is the whole spirituality of the priest. It's something that came out of nowhere. This has been embedded from Jesus till now. So, um, and to reflect that consecration is a beard and is this cassock. So the, the word of the day is a C word, cassock. Right, we're back on Sesame Street. The word of the day is cassock. So cassock is the name of this very beautiful dress that I wear day and night. Nice. So you do basically wear it everywhere. I mean, when you're like out in public, mostly. I, I mean, don't worry. Once we, we're done recording this and I go home, I'm taking this thing off. Yeah. But uh, but the second I walk out of the door for anything, I'm wearing it. I guess that's very easy, very easy wardrobe. But again, it's not about legalism. It's not about the the yeah, technicality. Yeah, yeah. But it reminds myself and reminds others that I, I give myself as a priest. It's a full consecration in every aspect of my life. And the reflect that reality is that. Same idea with a wedding ring. Like a wedding ring is something that reflects the reality of being married so that it's an external expression of that consecration uh so i've heard that being a priest is very 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 stressful and it's uh working all around the clock all the time so how do you personally like relieve your stress uh, I love listening to Keep It in 99. That usually is my number one outlet. Like, nothing more. I'll do it on Sunday now. It's like, man, I had so many confessions and so many big things today. You know what? I think I'm just going to chill and just on the couch. I'm going to catch up on some episodes and just binge watch. So, uh, shout out to uh, the podcast. Um, no, but uh, honestly, my answer to that, what you laughing at? That's the truth. <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't believe, like, I'm not a big advocate of saying, you know, priesthood is super stressful. Is it stressful? Yeah. But so is everything else. Oh, yeah. right? I mean, like Jesus guaranteed, guaranteed us that you will have hardships and tribulation of this world. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So if you ask anybody, are you stressed? 100%. You ask in a multi-billionaire, are you stressed? Yeah, I'm stressed. You ask a high school, are you stressed? I'm stressed. So everyone is stressed. Everyone has a lot on their plate. But we can choose what we want to be busy with, and we get to choose how we want to process that stress. So 
I'll be the first one to admit as a confession, I don't do everything all the time. Like I need healthy outlets just like anybody else uh, in order to live a healthy, balanced, holistic life, which is our divine design. So um, everything is stressful, but I, I, I have outlets like everyone else. And I'm assuming that's the question you're asking. Yes. So my question, uh, my outlet is uh, first asking you, what is your outlet? Always responding with a question every time. I'm hey, actually, that's not my model. That's Jesus's model. He always loved to answer a question with a question. So, you know, I want to be like him. So, <laughs> when do you want to go first? Sure. Um, one of my outlet is probably uh, writing in my notes, like a, a little journal, writing down what I do throughout the day and what I want to accomplish, stuff like that. That's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that it, it's actually physical, yeah. like physically writing it out. Like so many of us, I feel like my, like my kids' time, by the time, like they're not going to know how to physically write. Like, but that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. What about you, Isaiah? What do you do? Uh, What's your outlet? <laughs> uh, I don't really know, honestly. I, I feel like for me, um, I'm just always doing something. So I feel like. My outlet, how I get relieved stress is I just focus on what I'm doing at that moment. I just kind of channel all that to what I'm doing and like don't think about like like whatever's coming up next, I guess, really. So I, I feel like, okay, editing the podcast is honestly one of my outlets. Okay. Like I'm being serious, like, uh, honestly. Like I, I spend a lot of, because I spend a lot of time editing. I spend a lot of time on this podcast. So um, when I don't want to do my, when I'm like really stressed out, or I don't want to do my schoolwork. I Your engineering projects. Stuff on the podcast, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I just I have a lot. I've I kind of like spread my wealth around when I'm when I'm stressed. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, so my outlet is um, sports. Like I, I I love watching a show called PTI, which stands for Pardon the Interruption. It's on ESPN. Um, I love it. Like that's like my go-to outlet. Like I get super bummed. Like yesterday they didn't have one because of the NFL draft, so there was no episode. So I was kind of very upset about that. But. Uh, I always like watching uh, PTI. Like, that's my outlet. I'm a big Star Wars guy, so I like, you know, Star Wars movies. That's like a big outlet for me. And like definitely when I was very involved in Complicans in English, I love recording. Like it was it was kind of cool. Like you were saying about the editing. I got love. I love like when we record something, an album or any chorus track. I love taking that and just sitting for hours and trying to like find the most perfect audio balance, you know, clip certain things to create the most perfect masterpiece of a recording. So um, that's a lot of fun to me. So those are kind of my outlets, um, personally, but I mean, for sure, like I have outlets just, you know, hanging out with my wife and my daughter as well. That's, um, I don't know, I gotta say that. So, but it's the truth as well. It is the truth. <laughs> you can't get a triple in there. So, um, okay. You, no, you go ahead. How is, uh, your podcast doing? So, so I have a podcast, uh, that I serve, um, in doing titled Meet and Write. So began, um, Man, I, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago or something like that. No, probably four. But um, it's a, right now, I think it's a, it has a series of about 30 or 40 episodes talking about various aspects or elements to liturgical services of the church. So for those who are not familiar, liturgy or l the formal services of the church are the bedrock of ancient Christianity. And it has evolved throughout the centuries because of various factors and it involves various components and elements. And it can be overwhelming and it can be super confusing. I remember when I was in high school, I had a friend that came to like a church retreat and we had liturgy one day and she like was there attending the liturgy and she's like, 
Why is there a guy wearing a white dress with a white pointy hat walking around a table with smoke in his hands? And she was, like, this is how she interpreted the liturgy. It was so much for her to take in that she had to walk out because it was so much for her and no one gave her a background. So the whole idea of the podcast that I serve on a meeting, right? The podcast dissects various aspects of liturgical service. And for us to gain something from it, the whole idea or what drove us to do the podcast and even targeting the demographic is for people to listen to an episode and be like, wow. I never knew that about liturgy. I think that's pretty cool. I kind of like just saw that, never questioned it, or like I didn't even know, like I just kind of dismissed it or whatever. But that's really cool that I, I didn't know this is the richness of our church of why we do XYZ. So that's kind of the flow. That's the emotional response we want from each episode is to be able to take, get away with that nugget about the church. Yeah, Abuna's a lot more well-prepared than we are. Uh, I have a following question. Yes, sir. What did you and Father Daniel like talk about on the one episode you did at the monastery? Yeah, so actually, um, we did a couple of episodes uh, five years ago, mm-hmm. and then I recorded him again a couple episodes uh, a couple months ago, which I still need to sit down and edit. But anyway, we, we I sat with Father Daniel, uh, which is one of the monks at, at the monastery in Texas, and uh, we talked about what does it mean to be in synergy with God? What does it mean for us to be in sync with God? And for us, for how do we abide with him through the Eucharist? Like, what does that mean? Like, we can all say, yeah, we become one with God through the communion. We can all say that. But really, what does that really mean? So we kind of dissect upon that and how this was the bedrock of the early church, of why they really understood that for them to to find the remedy to life and to find the, 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 the remedy to the sickness is for them to abide in him sacramentally. But if that was the reality of the church then, we say the same now, but maybe for a lot of us, we kind of just like don't really know what that means or like do I really, really believe like this is the healing medicine to my soul? So we kind of break that down a little bit further um, on that. So stay tuned, depending on when this is released and whenever God knows when I'll sit down and actually edit those episodes. But that's that, yeah. So meet and write, you can find that on Coptic Hymns in English on the app or CopticHymnsInEnglish.com. We'll put a little plug somewhere up here. Sounds good. <laughs> Probably like the third time we're going to put something up. Um, uh, I used to do a whole lot. Um, but no, so that's that's great. Obviously, you have a podcast, uh, meet, and, meet, and, meet and Write, sorry. Okay. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up uh, now just because it's been like about what, 30 minutes. So we'll, we'll wrap this up. Thank you, Buna, for being on this. My I pleasure. Know, thank you. I know we took some of your time today. No, it was my pleasure. Day today. My pleasure. Um, so thank you for being on this, and see you guys later. Thank you, guys.